Hello and welcome to another episode of the Franchise Tag. I'm Gareth Smith and today I'm joined by Johnny of Off The Grid and also a special guest, Hannah Wilkes. How are you doing, Hannah? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat to you both. No, thank you very much for coming. I do appreciate it's a little bit crazy right now, particularly with the Super Bowl, um, as you mentioned, the transfer deadline day and all those other things. So we truly appreciate any time you give us today. Um, it's a wonderful be... week in my life where everything overlaps at once. It's transfer deadline day on Tuesday, Super Bowl, well, we go on Sunday, regular work in between as well with sports news. Um, and then, you know, just life and trying to get more than five minutes sleep. All the things. This is like a lot. It's fun, though. I wouldn't change it. <laughs> it is. And bearing in mind, obviously, mentions go into the Super Bowl there, which is something I think that a lot of us all want to do. And obviously, congratulations for Ash, for she won the 888 Superfan Contest. Um, a friend of yours there, Hannah, um, how pleased are you for Ash to get this experience? Now, I know and love all four of them that were playing that game. I do. But Ash is my girl. Ash is my, I'm sure we'll talk about it. She's, she's, she's part of my gang. She's part of the Her Huddle crewage. Um, so I am absolutely thrilled for her. I knew she had it in the bag because all season long during the regular season, her picks are always spot on. Um, she's just got, she's just got that, that instinct when it comes to this game. So I, I knew she'd do well. The fact that she basically had it wrapped up heading into championship weekend. I think it was only bonus points. If I think Sam had got all the bonus points, he'd have caught her, but that would be a hard one to like do. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled for her. I do feel like my main responsibility next week is now forget Sky Sports. I need to make sure Ash doesn't like pass out. I was worried enough about her when the Packers came to London and just whether she'd get through the week, you know. <laughs> keeping it all together, not just breaking down and crying and combusting with excitement. So now I feel like I need to just make sure she's breathing and hydrating and just remaining somewhat calm. Yeah, no, and I remember that she got to ask Aaron Rodgers a question and you could almost see the fangirl in it the whole time while trying to maintain the air of professionalism. It was. Um, So Super Bowl is coming thick and fast. So... What what are you most looking forward to with this year's Super Bowl? Oh my gosh, so much. And it's not even all on the field stuff. I mean, the matchup is great to start with. I think the conference championship, the NFC conference champion game was obviously disappointing. I think all football fans wanted to see much more of a game. Um, but I think what we've got is the two best teams in football that have been really the, the best two teams throughout the season. There's so little to separate them. Both went 16 and three, both finished top of their conference. I swear I saw somewhere and I do need to double check this because I think I half heard it that they even scored the same number of points throughout the season. They did. Could be wrong that, on was that. They did. They did. that was I'm, confirmed. I knew that was I'd confirmed. heard it somewhere. And then, you know, when you're thinking, did I make that up? Cause I swear that was a similar situation with like the Rams and the Bengals last year. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so they are so evenly matched. You look at the, the Chiefs offense, number one. Eagles defense, like, it's so good. Like, just across the field, the matchups are amazing. I think there's two brilliant coaches. Goodness knows what Andy Reid is going to be scheming up, coming up against that Eagles pass rush. Nick Sirianni, I think, has done a fantastic job um, in the last couple of years at the Eagles. I just think across the field and every facet of the game, it's a really brilliant matchup. And I think, and there's always the danger of saying this and cursing it, 
we said it a lot with the conference championship and the playoffs generally, when you look at these two offenses, we could have a really high scoring Super Bowl. Like it's been a while since, you know, we feel like we've had a really sort of, probably the last time the Chiefs, when the Chiefs were against the 49ers, is the last one I could think of where it was like, it felt like the points were really flying in and it was, you know, it was that kind of game rather than a bit of a defensive tussle. Um, so I think there's there's the definitely the potential for, for a high scoring thriller. Uh, then we have Rihanna at halftime. Hello. Like I'm going to a Rihanna concert a week on Sunday and a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> and then as well, what's really exciting just from a personal perspective, it's that I went out last year to Super Bowl 56 in LA, but because it was still COVID, everything else was back here for, from a Sky perspective. So it was just me, a producer and a cameraman. We had a great time. We did loads of stuff. And also we had Baldy out there and all the rest of it. But the whole coverage and the, and the crew was, was back at Sky, of course, for very sensible, like, safety reasons. But this year, everyone's back out there. So it's the, the full gang is, is going. So I'm really looking for, because there's nothing like being at any, it's like the same we do the London games. When everyone's there at a game, the whole gang is there. It's just a football-loving family. So I'm really looking forward to that as well, just from a personal perspective. Although it might actually mean that I have to work even harder. Awesome. <laughs> I bet that's so exciting going to see, you know, two of the biggest and probably the most noisiest fan bases as well, and the Eagles and the Chiefs. Rihanna at halftime. Yeah, I think the the spectacle is just going to be, regardless of the football, it's just going to be, yeah, such an experience. So, yeah, very, very jealous. It really is. And you know what? I'm already, as I sit here just thinking about it, I already know come the Monday and the flight home, I will not be able to wear earbuds or any headphones as well because it's going to be so loud in there that we're going to have our like noise cancelling ones rammed in so we can try and hear each other on the coverage which is a whole other challenge and you just know it's going to be absolutely wild I just I also am almost a little bit nervous no matter no matter who <laughs> walks away with the Lombardi the scenes after in Phoenix are probably going to be quite a because Eagles fans travel and they party they drink they celebrate we know that they're greasing lampposts in Philadelphia yeah. last week, for crying out loud. Um, I think they're doing it again for the Super Bowl, even though you know, be so many people just watching it in Bath. So I'm almost like a little bit like nervous and excited in the Chiefs as well. They, you know, they tailgate like no other team. They are loud at the team. I think it's, it's going to be incredible, really. It's deafening. Did you hear about Did you hear about what the Eagles fans did in the thing was the divisional round against the Giants? Because they were the later kickoff, but they found out the stadium across the road was having a was a, a lacrosse game which was starting earlier so they all bought tickets to the tailgate for that so that means they could drink for 12 hours instead of four um <laughs> I, mean, I love like these Philly fans the, what a fan base. the commit the commitment what a fan base i just think i think as well as all the people i know that are eagles fans they're all good people as well I'm not saying chiefs aren't i just probably know more eagles fans um and yeah, it's 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 so great. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be so good, you guys. I have to like measure my excitement now, or I'll like do an ash to self combust before we actually get to the game. So it's just like one step at a time. We've got another nine days. Everybody breathe. <laughs> so I'm gonna put you on the spot now because I'm an Eagles fan. Um, so don't feel obligated to pick the Eagles as who's going to win the Lombardi. Uh, no pressure or anything. But who's winning it and why? <sighs> I can't. It's too early. And you know what? For all the reasons I've already said, this game could really go either way. It's such a close one. There's part of me, because I just love, I find them really entertaining to watch. I think they're, what they've done this year and, and last year too, as well, so impressive. I would love to see the Eagles do it. 
but I'm never going to bet against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, 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 I do think it's a really great game to be a neutral at because there's two great teams, lots of great storylines. You're going to see this sort of young Eagles team. A few of them have won, have been here before and have won it before, like Jason Kelsey, for example. Um, but you kind of want it for them and for, for that fan base. But then the Chiefs as well. It's like, well, actually, if, if they, they, they are there and thereabouts year in, year out since Patrick Mahomes has been the starter. I'm excited to see him play and in a Super Bowl. And you know, a second ring for, for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It's just that sort of, I don't want to say dynastical because it is just the two, but it's just the consistency, which I think is so hard to achieve at the, in this sport. So I'm sitting on the fence for the moment. Like, I honestly, I'm, I would That's love to fine. see the Eagles do it, but I also won't be surprised if the Chiefs do it and I'll be kind of happy either way. Yeah, no, I think it's completely it's- understandable. <laughs> There's, there's so also, you're so an Eagles fan. You're wearing red. Said <laughs> <laughs> Helens, rugby. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, like you say, both teams, I mean, the, the, the GMs, Brett Veach of the Chiefs, uh, Harry Roseman, they're both built, in, you know, on the back of, you know, um, difficulties over the last couple of seasons. The Chiefs obviously had a lot of question marks with the departure of Tyreek. They have had a brilliant sort of rookie class come through this year and how he's gone out and, and developed such a, a great team uh, for the Eagles this year. So, yeah, I think these both teams deserve a lot of credit. Um, yeah, very on the fence, which is, um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be a nice great place matchup, to be. Which is, which is it massive, feels comfortable yeah, exactly. on the fence, doesn't it? It's come join us up yeah. here. Sorry, Gareth. It's, it's, it's a good, good vantage point, yeah. the fence, coming to this one. <laughs> It might not surprise you. I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm going that the Eagles are the better team across the board. The only difference between the two teams is Patrick Mahomes. That is literally the difference maker. If we can, if he's not as mobile as he usually will, he our defensive line will be trying to eat him all game. Um, so that is the thing for me. If that ankle isn't 100, percent how will he get away from that defensive line of the Eagles that literally eats everyone? <laughs> I just, I just, I said this going into, I said this going into last weekend. That is a huge factor, but he's got an extra, you know, it's two week window to sort of recover. Yeah. The fact that he even played the conference championship on a high ankle sprain within a week was a miracle. So I'm sure what they can do in two is yeah. going to be impressive. But I do also still believe that Patrick Mahomes on one leg is still better than about 76% of starting quarterbacks in the league. So yeah, that defensive line will get to him, but that does he can still make plays as he's as he's going down. We've seen that historically, so yeah, it's 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 exciting. So we're talking about the highs of the Super Bowl, and obviously you've been a Rams fan, and last year seeing them win it. Um, we've also seen what happens sometimes with a team the following year. So what has actually happened in LA this year compared to the previous years? Everyone got hurt. It's that simple. (laughs) No, it is. And people like people have asked me a lot about this and going, oh, it's because you went all in. It's because this actually this year hasn't been because of, 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 you know, going all in and sort of, you know, having to adjust. We haven't really had to adjust that squad too much from last year. Everything was set that you could have made a good run at it again. But everyone got hurt when you're down to literally on your offense and then half your defense as well, your second and third string. That O-line was basically third stringers by the end of the season. So then Matthew Stafford is obviously getting hurt as well. You know, 
there were times at the end of the season, I was like, I don't know who that wide receiver one is meant to be. Like, like, like who is it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is. Yeah. It was just complete decimation on, on injuries. And you need a lot of, you need luck when it comes to health. I mean, look at, look at the 49ers this year, right? They had some bad luck with starting quarterback health. You get Brock Purdy in there, you're still rolling to the NFC Championship game. Then you have the worst luck of injuries in that championship game. You cannot legislate for that. You can be the most complete team in every other facet. But if you've got, if you're depleted at one position through literally just a series of seriously unfortunate events, there's only so much you can, there's only, there's extent, there's a limit to what you can overcome. So I do just think with the rounds, I'm not overly concerned because I think the talent is still there. But when Cooper Cup's hurt, um, Matthew Stafford's hurt, Joe Noteboom, who was, you know, never going to be quite an Andrew Whitworth, but was could do a decent job. He gets hurt straight away. You haven't got a running game. There was a whole thing with Cam Akers. But then he actually put up 700 yards over the season. So on balance, not the worst season, but then had no O-line to create holes for him to run through. In the, no. But anyway, um, Aaron Donald is out by the end of it because at this point, why risk him? Um so, yeah, I just think it was a lot of bad luck. I mean, look, I might be sitting here in a year's time and be like, <laughs> yeah, it's the Super Bowl catching up with us. But also as well, I don't really care. If some of the team won a Super Bowl, they don't owe me anything for a while now. Look at all the teams that have never won one. Look at teams that get to that game and, and don't manage to win one year and year after year. So it was completely worth it because you set, did what you set out to do. This year was injury. We'll see where things land next year. But I think we might see there's rumors about Jalen Ramsey being maybe traded away and all the rest of it. And I think now will be the time where the Rams have to start looking at who they can trade away and get some draft capital back because now everyone else has caught on to the whole trading draft picks for veteran players. We've traded all this way. We don't really have much. We don't really have much there. Um, and also the Lions are welcome because they're getting a really high first round draft pick despite <laughs> having had a really good season. So aren't we good to them? Yeah. Well, there's a few teams that have had that happen, isn't there? You've also had the so the Lions definitely benefited. You had the likes of um, Seattle definitely have benefited from having a great season and yet still having a, a decent draft spot due to Denver not being that great. You mentioned Cam Akers there, which to be fair, early on in the year, he did not look. He looked like he was done. That second half of the season performance from him he looked a complete different guy towards the end of the season. Not just because I had him in fantasy and he was there for racking me points up towards the end of the year. Um, which I will say again, I am I won the franchise tag league this year. I'm not boasting. Um, but, you know, these are supposed to be experts in the game. Yet I was the rookie in the league and I won it. But um, how much of a difference do you think he could potentially have next year in LA? I... I'm really intrigued to see what the Rams offense just looks like generally coming into next year. Cause the last couple of years, we haven't had much of a run. We haven't had a run game sort of right home about since Todd Gurley in the 2018 season, really. And then that blooming arthritic knee and it all just fell off a cliff. Um, so I think because we're unlikely to be making any sort of big moves, and I, I think Matthew Stafford will come back. I think he's a bit banged up, but I don't think that's the way his career, like he'd want to leave his career, right? Just on the sign out her, like he wants to come back and, even if he is getting towards the end of his career, you still want to be playing and go out on a high ally like JJ Watt did and just Tom Brady just did, you know what I mean? Um, so I think I think there's maybe going to be some, just some changes to the way the, the offense is run. And maybe we look back to, you know, getting back to a decent run game because that has been 
what has been missing significantly. Um, even making the Super Bowl run last year without much of a run game was a surprise um, and sort of defies logic when you look at the, the Eagles so heavy on theirs this year. It's, it's yin and yang. Um, so I think we can hopefully expect some big things from him. I think it's a really interesting one and we might never really know the sort of ins and outs of what went on with him because at one point he was very much like looking to get traded. Trade deadline came, actually, no, it's fine. And then he had a really good season. So whether it was just something that him and Sean McVay needed to sort out, whether it was his usage, we'll likely never know. But whatever whatever it was definitely worked. 100% agree. What are your thoughts, Johnny, in relation to Cam Akers? Do you think he could have potentially a great year in next season? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, was it the game against the Broncos where, you know, he just looked com a completely different player to what we've seen? Um, was that you the know, Broncos though? Was it the Broncos? No, 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 no. I mean, no, I mean, he means was it the Broncos? Was it the opposition? Was it being up against the Broncos? He may have. Let's be measured here. Yeah, I think there is. I think there is definitely. Um, you know, going into talking about fantasy, he was he was one of the the first sort of names I think off the board in terms of running backs who could potentially break out. Um, in in twenty twenty two. Didn't really work out for him this year, um, but I think there's definitely, you know, the potential for him to, you know, he's obviously, a, he was drafted really high, um, great sort of college career. So, yeah, I, he's still young. You know, there's no reason why he can't get um, um, can't get the run game in, in and out working this year. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's what are your expectations as a whole, I think, for, for uh, the Rams this year? I know you mentioned the 49ers, the similarities between how, you know, They've been quite banged up. I know a couple of years ago they had um, a, a season where, in the midst of reaching the NFC Conference Championship, they had that one year where they had so many injuries um, they weren't able to compete. Um, but then the next year they went on uh, to get back to the, um, the the Conference Championship. Do you expect the the Rams to be in that sort of contention, or is it just about you know aiming for the playoffs and and, and seeing where um, where they go where they go from there, really? We should be in the playoffs. We should be. Like, we should have been. Like I said, if we had, those injuries hadn't happened, with that roster the way it was, the Rams should have won the NFC West, even with the 49ers being as good as they are. When the, when the 49ers went down to sort of third-string quarterback, if the Rams had been healthy, they should have been, you know, taking that division. And the Seahawks had a really good season as well. I mean, it's it was just it's always a wild division. But I think that the Rams should always be in the playoff conversation based on those names that they've still got on the roster, even if they are aging out slightly. Um, and I think when you've built the stadium they've built and you've made the moves that they've mm -hmm. they've made, they they need, they need to be in and around that conversation. Um, so, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens in free agency, who, if anyone, we do sort of pick up in the draft. But I just think as well, when you've had a season like we've just had, you kind of just have to write it off and start again with a fresh slate. Like, there can be no hangover from this season. A Super Bowl hangover is permissible. Whatever that was, hangover, is not okay. You've got to shake that off and, and clean slate. So a winning season, get back to the playoffs, that'll that'll do me nicely. Then I'd like to enjoy watching LA again because it's funny. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Stafford joins, and it took me until December to realise I didn't need to watch like this on third down anymore. Like he was probably going to like complete a pass on third down, and I love Jared Goff. Enjoyed watching him for the for the Lions this year, but I just it was stressful. Yeah, 
So it was yeah. really disappointing <laughs> to have to go back to almost, almost like, because <laughs> obviously the Rams play a lot of the super late games because they're on the West Coast. And you know, it's bad when even as a fan, you love the team. You're just like, I'm not staying up for this. I'll just watch the highlights quote unquote you know what I mean you're just like it's yeah. just painful and depressing and you don't want that I just want to enjoy watching this team again uh, so hopefully we'll get back to that in 2023 yeah, I com- completely agree with you on the enjoyment sort of side I'm a I'm a New York Jets fan so it's been a little bit of the roller coaster the last few years and yeah, well, so you sometimes know... you just you want to feel good watching your team exactly. that's why you watch exactly. them <laughs> hopefully I'm not I'm not smug as an Eagles fan I'm not smug as an Eagles fan at all. Um, with our, we have a tendency to be there the playoffs more often than not. But then, as I say, you got the likes of Howie Roseman, who literally just seems to do deals left, right, and centre. Like some of the deals he did, like taking the GJ for I think it was a third round, and he went on to be the interception lead for the NFL halfway through the season. The run defense was naff. So they bring in Don McIsoo. It's like <laughs> he just seems to pull this out of the bag. I still can't get my head around how you got AJ Brown. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the Titans GM, forgive me, his name escapes me, after they lost to you guys this season, the next day is when he gets basically fired for that trade. And you're just like, well, did you not realize it yeah. was a terrible idea before, that, like nine months ago when you did it? Just madness. Isn't she like, like he gave you guys him and with it a, a Super Bowl run on a platter, gift wrapped with a bow. It's, it's <laughs> also the fact that he, we've got, it's the fact that we've got the number 10 pick in this year's draft as well. Despite the fact we could have a Super Bowl and a top 10 pick. It's just what how he does it year in, year out. How he, It's just unbelievable. You always wonder if you do a deal with him now where you're sitting back and going, I've been swindled somehow. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. just, you, <laughs> just, <laughs> you think, I thought it was a great deal, but somehow this is going to come back to bite me further down the line. He just does it time and time again. And his roster ability is just second to to none to being able to rebuild. Because when you look at the difference between the Eagles that won the Super Bowl last time and being Super Bowl this time, it's a different quarterback, different head coach, different wide receiver core. Um, a few of the offensive line are there, a few of the defensive line are there, but everything else is completely different. There's not much that is the same. So how hard do you think it is for other teams to have matched someone who ha- of like Howie Roseman. Do you think it's something that teams worry about getting to trades with the Eagles now because they think I'm being done somehow? Yeah, do you know what? It's not something I'd really thought about in terms of like other teams' sort of cautiousness. But I think, I think what it does show is it you can get it right, but it's difficult to get it right, and it's really easy to get it wrong. Um, I think as well, it's a really smart combination of things the Eagles have done because they've not been overly reliant just on draft picks because the draft is still a lottery. I mean, look at, I've used this example a lot recently, look at, sorry, Johnny, Jack Wilson, compared to sort of Brock Purdy until he got hurt, you know. I, I'm, I said, there's all the talk about how well set up the 49ers were, but put Zach Wilson in there and maybe see. You know what I mean? Look, it just... It, <laughs> It just depends, doesn't it? So the draft is still a lottery. So I think there's not been a complete over-reliance, but there's been some very smart draft picks. And it's also just giving the a little bit of the time and a little bit of the a belief that, you know, you've got to stick with people and stick with systems for more than five minutes. There's a lot of impatience in the NFL generally. Um, and there oh, is yeah. smart trading. There is smart free agency pickups, yeah. like bringing in a Dominic Sue, like somehow getting a Brown. It's just, it's just 
there's a little, there's got to be a little bit of luck there because you know you never know if you can trade for someone and they could have the worst season of their career. Um, but it's it is a masterclass in it. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know whether teams are so much nervous of doing deals with the Eagles, but I think it's such a copycat league that they'll be looking what they're doing and trying to copy the moves. But some teams just don't do it as successfully. I mean, the Broncos have got a big season coming up. Look at what they have traded yeah. and bargained for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, essentially. Sean Payton is a great coach. Jury is Russell Wilson has been a, a good quarterback. If they don't have a Super Bowl run or in a good deep playoff run next season, the amount they have given away, players, picks, cold hard cash, you know, it's there's different there's different ways of doing it. It's very aggressive. If it pays off, we'll be lauding it. Of course you will. But if it goes horribly, we'll be slamming it. So it's 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 really interesting. It's, there's so many different ways to build a Super Bowl winning team. We see that year in, year out. There's no the Patriots proved that you could be a dynasty in the NFL when there's meant to be parity. The Bucks and the Rams, this is just recency bias. Bucks and Rams go all in, both pick up rings. The Eagles have just done a really smart, all-rounded approach. If the Chiefs, you know, pick up as well, it's right. You've got your key pieces and the consistency of coaching. So there's just so, so many different ways to do it. It's fascinating. Very much so. So what would you say your highlights? If you have to pick or highlights, I'll let you have more than one. What would you say would your highlights of this year and this season been? That's really hard to pick. I think we've seen some really great, great matches, some great football. We've seen some terrible football this year as well. Let's 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 be honest. There was a lot of parity early on, partly because of just terribleness. I think for me, that the highlight it, it always generally tends to be it's the London games. The Viking yeah. Saints was the first was was a really close one. It was such a thriller. Um, yeah, it was so often those games can just be a bit of like they can in all the in, in this sport generally. That was such a thriller, and it was so exciting to sort of cover um, and just be around it. It was it was it was brilliantly. It was the most entertaining one I can remember covering in London. That's for sure. Um, and but then also being at the Packers Giants a week later, that was the first time I've been at a London game where it genuinely felt like a home game for one of the teams because it felt like I've not been to Lambo, but it felt like Lambo. It was so green and yellow and just Packers through and through. So that was just brilliant across the board. Um, yeah, I think I think that, and I think just seeing those games back properly because even just like the teams coming over like normal times, like even last year we still didn't have the access and all the rest of it because COVID was lingering. Um, so, yeah, just sort of being back to its best and back to the full pageantry, the full excitement, the players coming over like days in advance and being in and getting all that access. That's what we, what we love it for. Uh, I think probably those for me. It's hard to pick like a single game or a single moment or a single play because there's, there's so much greatness throughout the course of the season. I did also love watching the Lions go on the run they did. Yeah. I thought they were thoroughly entertaining. And it's so, that is so great to see when you just sort of see this, team that has had so much go against it and see them almost make the Super Bowl. I mean, the Rams could have done them another favour, couldn't they, actually, if they had beaten the Seahawks and the, um, not the Super Bowl, sorry, the playoffs. If the Rams had beaten the Seahawks, I think the Lions would maybe have just got in. Yeah, they would have. Um, yeah. They would have. Yeah. So that's another reason the Rams let me down this season, actually. Um, <laughs> no, I just think, I just think it's just, it's been a really entertaining season from start to finish. Um yeah, I think it's a really, really exciting place as well in the league. When you look at, I mean, we've got the youngest quarterback matchup in the 
Super Bowl ever this season. When you look at Tom Brady stepped away, you look at the, the players coming through, it's a really exciting sort of young time in the league as well. So yeah, it's it's intriguing. Yeah, I can't pick a highlight. I really can't. Ask me again in a week and a half and I might have a solid answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, and as I said, there's a few teams this year that have an half-turn corners as well, like the but we could the, the Jacksonville Jag was particularly under Jags. Doug Peterson. Um Brian Dayball turning the Giants round. Um it's been a hell of a season for turnarounds of te- teams you mentioned, Dan Campbell turning round the Lions. Is the Lions the one you've been most impressed with, would you say, about those turnarounds? I'm not sure it's that I was most impressed I think I was just probably most entertained invested I think that's got a lot to do with hard knocks because you sort of watch that in the summer and you get invested it's master it's masterclass isn't it and making people fall in love with a team um so I think we all just felt a little bit invested in that journey the Jags especially from a like a UK and international audience perspective is absolutely brilliant to see and I think as well you mentioned the Giants and Brian Dable and I think what both of those coaches in particular and and, um, at Detroit as well all three of those they're a testament to good leadership and the culture that you can that how a culture can transform a team because the Giants as well Giants didn't bring any in anyone new there was no big free agency splashes or you know huge changes in terms of their roster but the culture and the atmosphere and actually for her huddle I sat down with Beth Abel and uh, Marie Shane who's Joe Shane their GM's wife obviously Beth is Brian's wife uh, and they talked so much just to culture and team building and, and unity and just the general vibe and, and looking after the players and their families and their partners and just making sure that this is a place where people really want to be, um, especially after the last couple of years when they sort of couldn't do a lot of that sort of family involvement because of that blooming pandemic. Um, so, yeah, I think all, I think in all three of those cases, yeah, there's not been huge changes in terms of, players on the field, but huge changes to the backroom and the atmosphere and the mind and then the, the knock-on effect that has on the players' mindsets. So it's great to see Trevor, Lo- Trevor Lawrence in a playoff game as well, or two. I'm losing track. Where are we? Who am I? I need some sleep. <laughs> and so Johnny mentioned there about Trevor Lawrence uh, and the fact that he has an off turn the corner. Do you think he's probably been one of your, in effect, in most improved players for this year? I think so. I think, you know, at the start of the season, he was still quite inconsistent and showing the elements of, you know, rawness that he showed in his, his rookie year. But, you know, towards the, the back end where the Jags went on their super run to the playoffs, um, obviously put in the, you know, the big win against the Chargers. Um, definitely, I definitely put him in, in the category of, um, you know, one of the best or most improved players. It's also been a great year for for comebacks as well. Um, you know, former Jet Geno Smith has, has has had a brilliant year with the Seahawks. Um, it's good to see CMC, um, Saquon. Um, you know, sort of getting back. They were the sort of players who, you know, you fall in love with in the NFL. You want to you want to see those sort of big plays, and you know, those two in particular are, um, you know, masters of the art. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to. To, um, to you know, see more and more more talent come in uh, this year. I know there's you know looking at the draft, the head of the draft, there's a, a lot of talent. Um, you know the 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 young running back, uh, Bajan Robinson. I'm looking forward to seeing the NFL. So yeah, look, it's it's just such a great league, such a great sport. Um, and yeah, the Super Bowl's the, um, the the iconic game that everyone sort of looks forward to, and you want to see the big play. So. Very jealous of Hannah obviously getting to go, but um, but yeah, we'll be there in spirit. I do have to remind people, it is a work trip. 
yeah. <laughs> it's a very fun work trip, but it oh, is yeah. hard work. I mean, it's better than every no, other week's work, but it is hard work. No, and it's not one of those where, like, obviously we're all jealous you get to go, but at the same point, we appreciate, obviously, how hard, like, you have to and how much it's taken you to get to that platform to do that. Um, speaking of platform and the, the, what you've been up to as well, um, Her Hurdle has been back again this year. Uh, the, you've had some really good guests on this year, and there's an episode that's just gone out, or Sky Advertiser, as of today, from with Jamie from Good Morning Football. So how was Her Huddle going? Hurdle's going brilliantly, thank you. Very, very thrilled with how it's gone. Very proud of how it's gone and the reception it's had because it was, yeah, it was on NFL UK's social channels last year and there was a real belief from both the NFL UK office uh, and Sky that actually there was something here. So the fact that we could, I'm trying the word blow it up sounds negative, but the way we could just sort of pimp it up really and turn it into tv show and proper podcast this year has been really exciting so yeah um jamie Erdl, as it stands is the last sort of scheduled tv episode for the season um but we'll see what we can do when we're in arizona next week um yeah so jamie it's out on sky sports nfl now so you can download it it's on demand and it'll be on the channel throughout the sort of next week you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts um and it was brilliant she literally hopped straight off the set from good morning football in fact i was sat in here with tv i said to her i was like i know how tv works but just five minutes ago you were on that tv and now i'm talking to you <laughs> through here um, <laughs> wild. Um, and she was so lovely because it was obviously as soon as she got the job i was like oh god get her on her huddle but also it's a big job it's a really high profile job so it was very much like let's give it a little while let her get her feet under that breakfast table and just you know so it was, it was really good timing to sort of reflect on the season and how it's gone because she just slotted straight in there and, and made it her own straight she away did. and but even even though she never looked uncomfortable i think you've seen her get more and more comfortable and just the four of them really gel and have they have such a great rapport um so yeah brilliant to speak to her highly recommend it because She's worked very hard. She's like climbed that ladder in sort of terms of like regional sports coverage as well. That is quite often the path in the in the states, um, and it's it's a really enlightening conversation as well because, you know, she said herself she very much could have continued to do the sideline and she loved doing sideline, but she's got two little girls at home and she just knew that they'd be fine, yeah. they'd be looked after, but it wasn't going to be the right thing for her anymore. So it was a really good move for sort of her that benefited her family and obviously they came over to london they went to germany so she's had a really good first season on the yeah. on the job so yeah highly recommend giving that i am biased obviously but highly recommend giving that a listen um and also the whole back catalog on there so if you haven't checked them out already we've got amy trask mj costa ruiz katie sowers phoebe Schechter. obviously we had to do a phoebe special yeah. Um, Beth and Brian, da uh, Beth, not Beth and Brian Dable, although we did FaceTime her at one point, so I almost got him on there. <laughs> um, Beth Dable <laughs> and uh, Marie Shane are on. Uh, so many brilliant, inspiring people, and it's really been amazing to be able to sort of tell their stories, and it's had such a positive reaction. So I'm very thrilled, very thrilled. And as I say, Jamie had some big, big shoes to fill in the first place with, with Phil taking over the role from Kay Adams, who is obviously an icon. Um, particularly in the fantasy football world where literally she has been really helpful for deciding who I'm, you, I used to be picking up half the time. So to see how she's come into that role and literally say made it her own, she hasn't gone on to try and be BK Adams. She's been her own person um, and her own personality really does shine through. So it's really good to see. Uh, I, 
obviously make sure you do check out her huddle as it, as Hannah mentioned it can be found wherever you get your podcast and also on demand um so please do go and check that out but thank you very much for your time today Hannah completely appreciate you've given us your time today just before you jet off to Arizona for a, a quiet event um, with a few intimate then you were small fat number of fans it's just a small low-key event guys it's it's, it's fine and <laughs> I haven't currently got clothes and stuff strewn everywhere trying to actually figure out some packing because I'm a very last minute packer and I'm trying uh, I leave quite early on Sunday morning so I need to get organized <laughs> <laughs> but no thank you very much for your time today highly appreciated um obviously Johnny thank you very much for coming on as well um this has been the franchise tag and I'm Gareth Smith and we'll see you again soon with another special episode thanks guys